TikTok. TikTok's our biggest, crazy enough. We have 4.5 4. something million on TikTok. Grew 3 million in the first three months on there. And uh, it's always important to be experimenting with new platforms because that's often when you'll see the most growth. So right now. You're listening to the Marketing Millennials Podcast. I'm Emily Ferguson. And I'm Daniel Murray. Get ready because we're taking you on a journey with today's marketing leaders and tomorrow's top stars. Let's go! No BS, just a fun, unfiltered industry conversation with the game changers behind some of the coolest companies from around the globe. The one request we tell our guests. Stories or didn't happen. A big welcome to our marketing fam. Prepare to turn the f*** up. Welcome back to the Marketing Millennials. Today I'm joined with Buster Shear. He's the founder of Hoops Nation, which has over a million followers on Instagram and over 4 million followers on TikTok. He is also the host of his own podcast, The Buster Shear Show. I'm excited to welcome Buster to the show. Hey, Buster, what's up? welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this conversation because I think Instagram is like this well that nobody knows how to dig anymore. So I want to dive into you first. Like I want to go in the background, like who you are and like, how did you come up with this idea for Hoops Nation and all your other Instagrams? Yeah. So I started Hoops Nation via some of what I saw was a really big white space back then, which was fantasy basketball. ESPN was covering fantasy football. They cared about all, all that side of thing, but nobody cared about fantasy basketball. And I'm a basketball fan more than I'm a football fan. So 15-year-old me, you know, sort of within that context, decided to launch a fantasy basketball media page where I blogged about it. And one thing led to another. I started doing local broadcasting for my high school for play-by-play sports on radio. And that gave me the confidence to put myself out there in a larger capacity, you know, more so than just fantasy basketball, where that niche, that pond is pretty small. So left to a slightly bigger pond to cover the entirety of the NBA and all levels of basketball. And that's sort of how Hoops Nation originated then back on Facebook. Awesome, man. Well, how was it gaining your first 10,000 followers to then, when did you start seeing momentum with your account? Yeah, Facebook was definitely interesting because you could get really good quick virality. So back then I had built it just through through the fantasy page I built before, through live streaming on other people's pages and, and cross-pollinating in a sense, you know, collaborating with other pages. And then eventually those some of the videos, some of the viral videos that I was editing, they started to go really viral. You know, as people would say nowadays, they started going to the moon. And when they were going to the moon, you know, the, the page was going there right with it. So I had a couple of videos that got, you know, 50 to 100 million views. And that would grow the page 100,000 followers in a day back on Facebook. And that's really when I was just like, okay, this is, this is super fun. I like this game. That's awesome. And how did you come up with like the content to like produce? How do you come up with the memes you come up with? How do you stay up in, with the trends to make, make sure your posts like connect with your audience? Back then, I was, it was just trial and error. And now, you know, a lot of the content that's on there isn't original content. It's UGC. You know, it's from other people that are submitting them or it's from other pages. And then we'll ask their permission if we can post it and then we post it. You know, now, now I have a five-person team that helps me manage it across all platforms. But 
originally it was really just trial and error. Most things didn't work and that's how I figured out what did. What do you think is like structure of a good Instagram post? What needs to be in it to like make sure like it connects with audiences? You know, I think at the end of the day, what makes a good post a good post and a bad post a bad post is, are other people going to want to share this? Like, would you share it with your friends? Would you share it with your family? Would you share it with people who are interested in said subject? If the answer is no, it's a bad post. If the answer is yes, it's a good post. That, that's a great point. And do you, did you see that your biggest like upticks are when like the most shared posts you've had? Like, is that where it comes Every time. It's like a free collaboration that you don't have to manage and there's no, there's no inherent value you have to provide additionally. What other platforms are you exploring to like grow your like Instagram and like how to use it to play into the growth of Instagram? So originally we started on Facebook, then we actually went to Snapchat and then Instagram and then TikTok. TikTok's our biggest crazy enough. We have 4.5 something million on TikTok, grew 3 million in the first three months on there. And uh, it's always important to be experimenting with new platforms because that's often when you'll see the most growth. So right now, personally, I'm doing that on Clubhouse. I think I'm at like 7,000 followers in a few weeks on Clubhouse. And that's a platform that I think people can go zero to 100,000, a million followers really, really quickly if they put in the time right now. Whereas on platforms like Instagram, it's pretty saturated comparatively. You can still do it, but it's a lot easier to do it on those new platforms being one of those early users. Do you think that... Like a lot of your growth came from like these arbitrage moments where you got into platforms early, like and utilized the organic reach of those platforms, like until you move. Totally. totally. I think, uh, I think that, that, that's often when you're able to hack the algorithms the most, like when you're able to really tap in. And if you understand a platform, you'll be able to, to do great things with it. So how do you like currently like community build with like your current audience? Cause now you have like what over a million on Instagram three point, whatever on TikTok. Like how do you like use all those platforms to build a community? And like, what are you doing to like monetize that audience? Well, you can super easily monetize through advertisers. That I think is, is pretty straightforward, but building the community is something you do, you know, piece by piece over time you know, responding to people, engaging with people. That's something that also never ends either. You can always further develop and build those communities. That's awesome. Yeah, I think like the accounts that I see are doing the best are the ones that commit to that long-term play of like continuous building of content. Um, What are some other like tips and tricks you recommend for someone who is starting now on Instagram? Collaboration is it. Look for people with high engagement over high following. It's the biggest mistake I see everybody make. They're like, oh, I want to collaborate with somebody with 100,000 followers instead of, oh, I want to collaborate with somebody who gets 10,000 likes. It's ridiculous. I think that's a great point. I think like followers is such a vanity metric these days. And I think that like someone with a 5,000 person community could have... 10% engagement of that post where like someone with 10,000 can have like a 1% engagement and people are looking. Exactly. Followers are fairy dust. The only thing that matters is engagement. That's awesome. And what kind of a, like engagement metrics do you track? Obviously like 
shares is a big one for you, but like what other ones are like key for that? Do you look at other accounts that you look for on Instagram or other platforms to like see success? So I, one thing I look at is how much recent growth did they have? Like how, like how many followers have they grown last week, last month, last year, you know, because the newer the follower, the more likely they are to be active and engaging. So that's something I look at. TikTok, you say is growing the most. What other platforms are you like looking to expand to right now? You know, Clubhouse, which I mentioned. There aren't that many more platforms to, to expand to though. You know, I'll be there when there are new ones, though. If you know of any, definitely let me know. But, I mean, I'm pretty confined to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, Clubhouse, Triller, Snapchat. Am I missing any? Google, I mean, Gmail, Apple, Spotify. Those are the platforms I'm focused on right now. And what are your tips for, like, people, like, to collaborate with people? Like, how do you get in touch with people you collaborate with obviously you're a big account now but like how do you like reach out to those people and get them to collaborate with your account well i think regardless of size or, or position if you have value to provide to that person they will you know either realize that or you'll find somebody else that will realize that so what are you good at like what are you great at go do help that person with that value first always never ask without giving. Awesome. And what is like your like long-term plan with your current accounts and stuff? Like what is something you're like looking forward to doing in the near future? Looking forward to just getting into the NFT world. That's something that I'm very passionate about. Excited to launch my first NFT soon. I love it. I love that you like all, all in these like trending moments. Like, like um, you start with like, you're growing Cobbles, you grow, you grew on Facebook, you grew and you like capitalize on things that are like trending right now. And like, these are like moments where people are like scared to jump in. Where do you think your like willingness to like jump into platforms came from? Like, like where did this like spark came from for you? Because I leave that bandwidth open. It's because I, I, I in my, let's say I have a hundred percent, right? the most I'll ever be filled at any given moment is 50. 50% of my time is always open to be able to jump on these things. And even when things do happen, usually I'm taking out of the other 50. I'm not taking out of the free 50. The free 50 is like when I do podcasts, when I do my own podcast, when I do other people's podcasts, when I do interviews, when I do media, um, or when I take meetings. Those things I can cancel, those things I can postpone, those things I can do if I can do them. But the other 50, I can. When things happen, I'll, you know, if like today an app launched that I was like, all right, I want to spend all my free time, all my 50% on this platform, I would stop taking, if people ask me, I would just say, no, I'm not free. No, I'm not free. Maybe in two months, maybe in three months. And that's why I'm able to do it. Because I think willingness and being able are two different things. Everyone would be willing, but only some people are able. So I try to put myself in position to be able. Yeah. So I think like you make also a good point. Like I think a lot of people think that like growing audiences like is like a quick fix, but I also think it's like you have to deeply understand platforms. So like you're right now on Clubhouse growing, but 
I see you on there all the time. So uh, like you're deeply understanding that platform, how people, other people are growing. Like what are like, when you enter like a new platform, like how do you like analyze it and figure out like the platform and then know what content to put on there? By testing it out, right? So when I joined Clubhouse, I was doing rooms with four people. Everybody else would stop right there because they were like, oh, there are only four people in my room. And I kept doing it till I had 5,000 people in my room. And that happened very quickly. It happened in a two-week time span. You know, and oftentimes people will stop when they have four people. That's the mistake. I love that. I think, like, for me, like, with LinkedIn, like, I I started and I would have 10 likes on my post. And it probably was, like, for four months that I would get 10, 15 likes. And then, like, after, like, four months, like, I hit, like, this exponential growth where it was, like, 100, 200, 300 likes a post. And it's, like... A lot of like success, like what you're saying is like people are willing to like be persistent and be the last one standing. Like, um, like anything, how long can you hold the line? Right. Yeah. So what do you, what do you, I want to ask you, what do you think the biggest secret to LinkedIn growth is? Yeah, that's a, that's a great part. And I think like it's the, the same answer that you probably give to a lot of things. I think one is like willing to be consistent and be on that platform. Like I post every single day. I post content every single day. I deeply was on the platform, understanding my audience, understanding the content they want, like understanding what they need. So I think like my number one secret for that is one is like the consistency of content and also like, just really like taking what the best are doing and reverse engineering it. So I took what, like when I, when I finally figured out what to do, I took what like the people with a hundred thousand followers and 50,000 followers. And I was like, okay, how are they doing this reverse engineered it and basically did it for myself and what they were doing. It all comes down to like posting great content, being consistent, and then connecting with people that are in your audience. Like those are like the three things. Like I think like, Connected, like you, your audience, if you don't have people who like, like your, like are following you or connected to you, like your stuff that never will grow. Like a lot of people on LinkedIn, what they do, the biggest mistake is like, they bring people from jobs to jobs to jobs. And then they don't care about this shit that they're posting when they start. And they're like, why is nobody liking my content? I'm like, cause no, you have no audience. So what I did is like one of the top marketing influencers started connecting and like following everybody who liked and commented on their posts. And then they came over to my posts eventually, but it took time. So I used to just go and say, okay, this person commented, they're active on LinkedIn. That means they're going to be active when I post. So the key is to follow the active people and connect with the active people and not, and leave the people who aren't active on the platform alone because they just become like wasted followers i hate to say it but like they don't like if you're not active on the platform like we can't network we can't engage we can't have conversation like every post to me is a networking party so like if you if you're not there to network like i can't be a connection with you that's a fact i like that man that's great yeah i mean i see you um started getting into LinkedIn recently, like what sparked that? I'm obsessed, man. It's like, um, you know, at the end of the day, I have to make a decision on who I want to be at the table with. Who do I want to talk to? Who do I want to learn from? 
And a lot of me enjoys learning and, and spending time with the people who are on LinkedIn more than the people who are on other platforms. I think that, you know, despite my age, that I enjoy, you know, spending time with a significantly older audience than I do a younger one like is on Snapchat. I don't think either are bad. I do both. But I enjoy LinkedIn and I think there's no other platform apart from Clubhouse now where you can just randomly be engaging with people who are actually going to have an impact on your business. I think it allows me to go a little bit deeper than Twitter does. It allows me to be a little bit more philosophical, which I love to do. And no other platform really accepts that from me when I do it. Like on other platforms, and it's slowly changing, but on other platforms, if I, if I do that on Instagram always, there will be people who are, what the hell are you talking about, man? Go shoot some baskets, right? Whereas on LinkedIn, everybody's like, that's interesting. And I love that. It's less about the numbers for me and more about meeting cool people, engaging with cool people. Obviously, the audience will come by default, particularly if I drive people from other platforms to it as it grows. But I'm really a big fan. And I think it's important that anybody who has followings on other platforms also built it on LinkedIn. Yeah, I think what, you make a good point too. It's like, it's the value of like the engagement, not like the the actual like number of engagement. Because like, if you have a hundred people in your audience liking it or like a, a thousand people that aren't in your audience liking it, it doesn't really matter. So like the value of the like comes from like who is actually liking it. It's not coming from like the number for me on like LinkedIn, like a year ago I was, I couldn't like get in to talk to any marketers. And now I'm talking to like some of the, like the top marketers ever just from building an, a brand on LinkedIn. This wouldn't happen if I didn't do that. Like, so I think like that's the like the great part about LinkedIn. Also, Twitter is great too for me at least. Like, marking Twitter is amazing. So like, it has a bunch of cool. The thing, the thing that I'll also say too, if I like your post, whether I want to or not, I'm co-signing you to my entire audience, and that co-sign holds value not just in the additional reach that it gives, or if you like my post, the same thing is true, but it also gives additional reach and clarity on that you're a legitimate person because people are only going to see things that people who they're connected with are liking. Yep, I, that's very true. It's like, that's what I do like about LinkedIn. It's that network effect and like the social proof of some content. That's why I also say to people, like, make sure you're following value add people because otherwise your content on your feed starts getting a little crazy. Sadly true. Yeah. That's true for all platforms too. You want to, don't just be following booty models on Instagram. You're, you're not going to, you're not going to learn very much. That's, a, I mean, that's, that's hilarious, but yeah, that's like, a lot of, I mean, the quality of the content you consume is like the quality of the content you produce. So like, I truly believe that it's like the more quality content you put in, the better the inputs out, which I'm guessing, I mean, the way, I mean, when you started, you probably were consuming a lot of like basketball content. That's how you knew like 
what to post like and you probably were on like reddit threads and all these places where people were talking about it and you're just like oh cool these are the places to my life was only basketball for three years it is the only thing i saw it's the only thing i cared about i could care less about bitcoin i could care less about everything else I could care less about baseball football hockey my life is basketball now I have a team, so it's not. It's actually very little basketball now. But for three years, it was just basketball. That is it. That's I mean, I love that. I mean, are you thinking of creating, like, an NFT page next? Like, is that your next, yes. like, big? So I have Cards Nation, Travel Nation. Obviously, next is NFT Nation. So I'm looking forward to launching that. I like, I like, I like what you're doing because I think, like, the key to growing an audience is like you have to have passion behind it. Cause people could smell like BS from around the corner. Like you're passionate about basketball. You're probably passionate about cards and now you're passionate about NFT. Like dude, you can smell passion fakeness from a mile away. And also it's not going to work. I'm not going to build a baseball page just because I think other people are passionate about it. Never do something because somebody else is passionate about it. And that is something I learned the hard way, by the way. What are some like failure moments you've had on like social? Like what have you like started and like flopped? Dude, so many. When I was younger, I launched an NBA page for every team in the NBA. Cause I was like, Oh, it's great. You build a micro community for each team. And then I was like, wait, I have to manage 30 different people who are all at different talent levels. And then they want to get paid on top of it. This is a disaster. And I can't be tossing out ownership. Like I'm Oprah, you know, dude, disaster. I shut the whole project down three days after starting it. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause like one of the things is like, Hiring a, a good team is hard to do too. Like you have to get people who with the same values as you and like you know that are gonna post quality content on your page. Like Gary V has this too. Like the, I've met some of the people who manage his pages, like they're all quality, smart, like content creators, like and I understand why they work for him. Like they're not someone that is gonna just BS. Oh, a hundred percent. It is uh incredibly important he picks people very well what are like some of the your like favorite collaborations you've done with your page i did a i did a nike commercial for the self-lacing sneakers the first ever self-lacing shoes and i was in their new york nike ad which is cool um so that that one i put high on the list i like some of those card collaborations that i've done obviously most of my real collaborations are through my podcast so having guys like well, Clyde Frazier, who's one of my favorite Knicks. Trevor Bauer just won the Cy Young. I had an African princess on recently. You know, Nobel Prize winning paleontologists. So everybody across the board, NBA All-Stars. Those are some of, some of my favorite moments and things. Again, because I'm just going to follow my passion at the moment. If I wake up tomorrow and I'm like, all right, all I care about is ice cream, maybe I'll get the CEO this are the co-CEOs of Ben and Jerry's on, right? Because that's what I'm interested in today. My passions fluctuate so much. And I just try to, like you said, capitalize on those and create infrastructures that allow me to capitalize on them. And the podcast is a great example of that. 
how do you how did you get some of those people in your podcast like what were like your methods you just dm them or do you like reach out at this point usually i'll just dm people you or we have mutual friends i'll get an introduction that way or they reach out a lot of it is inbound at this point um i have a producer who also helps manage all that and a, a few members i think the buster show teams up to six people now so Dude, I love that what you're doing. That's sick. Like you have like different like micro like businesses all over like doing things, and your content creation's amazing. So that's awesome. Uh, where did this like passion and drive come from? Like where like how did it start? Like like did you just wake up one day and want to like post about bat like basketball, or did it just like like how did you see the opportunity so young? I didn't see any opportunity actually. I just thought it was fun. That's, I mean, that's uh, some great things that started. I feel like some of the greatest influencers like out there started because like they just like having fun on TikTok and now they're like a hundred million followers on TikTok. So Charlie D'Amelio's story and she is from uh, Connecticut as well. See, Connecticut producing some good people. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. I think a lot of brands are doing social media badly so like what is something that like brands should think about to make their social media better right they should be collaborating more and i think brands with influencers if they understood the simple fact that if you understand what somebody's passionate about and tap into that passion point you'll get a hundred x more you know i'm into sports cards don't offer you know if you can't afford my rate don't offer me you know, a half a half-assed amount of money or a bad deal. Send me sports cards as, as like a whole, as like a homie or like somebody like they want me to like them. All right, cool. I'm gonna do a hundred x more for them than I would if even they paid me my full rate. People don't understand that, and when when they start to, it's a dangerous piece of information. I love that. Like, what is your favorite sports card that you have right now? Sports card. I mean, I have some Kobe Bryant rookies, which I'm really happy about. You know, he's he's definitely somebody I've always looked up to, rest in peace. And one other piece that I recently got, I posted on my Instagram. I got a signed document from 1865 from Abraham Lincoln. And it was him appointing, appointing the then United States Postmaster General. And I got it PSA 10, so it's a perfect grade Lincoln. And uh, that's something I'm really excited about too. That's awesome. Like what sparked like this collectible thing for you? Like, cause a lot of these things are like very like nostalgic collectible and nostalgia is like popping right now. So like what, how did that spark for you? I did it when I was young. So I did it back in like 2014, 13, when I was super young and took a few years break, but in back in it further than, you know, I even was then and I'm enjoying it even more than I was then. I love that. That's, that's awesome super cool like you have so many of the different like topics that you can dig into like since you you do have like deep topics what are some like deep topics that you have like are interested in like what are some other things besides nfts and baseball cards like what are the things like you just talked about an abraham lincoln signed document like what other things are you like interested in i mean you know what one thing that i will say i don't know when when you're putting this out but one other thing that I do is play-by-play broadcasting. So I've done it for the NBA, and I just did it for a league called the Crew League, 
which is a rapper basketball league. They play four on four on a short and full court live. It was on TikTok for $100,000. Sway Lee won, but it was turned into a series, which is premiering on Revolt TV Friday the 17th or Friday the 18th, whatever the day is tomorrow as of when we're recording this. But yeah, so that's like another thing I'm excited about there. There are a lot of things, bro. My my head and schedule are a mess, but I am happier than ever. I love that. It's like I feel like a lot of people that I know are like I like what I like to call organized chaos. Like for me, like I I'm an ops person, but I'm I don't have like an organized document system and an like my day is not that organized. And like if people say like how do you schedule your content, I'm like literally just say to them like, dude, I just look at my phone and. There's a bunch. Right. What is scheduling content? Do you draft your posts though? No. You don't even, you just go, like you don't have a backlog of posts ready to go. Backlog of like notes and then I make them into posts. So like what, like from this conversation right now, like I'll take like three or four or five tidbits and make it into content. Um, like from like listening to a podcast, I'll take three or four tidbits right in my notes, like from a, work if i learn something cool at work i'll put it in my notes and then since like my passion is marketing and marketing is all i do like i just post marketing stuff and i think i'm like posted like i'm talking to my friend i'm like hey this is something cool i think everybody should be using like you guys should do it like part of it is like also i would say like I see trending topics in marketing. So I, I'll look for like content that I've talked about that is relevant. Like, for example, like if I wanted to take a piece of content out of this conversation, like nostalgia is like a big thing right now. So like, like I could t- talk about like how like nostalgia is popping up in marketing and stuff like that. Like that's a trending topic. And I know like a lot of people are talking about it. So I know like my content will do pretty well if I talked about this. So. Last question I had for you is who are some people that you look to for like advice or like look up to like in, in your space that are doing things well? I mean, a lot of them are my like close personal friends that aren't, you know, in the scene or anything like that. But, you know, people like I interned for Gary when I was 16 or 15 that that's somebody that definitely still you know sometimes almost always indirectly you know find new things out from um he's definitely helped me on the sports card front though yeah man i mean a lot of it's like people in my personal life like friends family like that and the last thing i want to leave you with is like what are some things that how could people find you and like anything you want to like talk about right now Find me at Buster on Instagram or Buster Share on LinkedIn because you might be coming from that world. Yeah, those, those are the best places to find me, but I'll be around. I got probably got probably another 80 years left in me, so I'll be around for a bit. Yeah, I look forward to it. I'm excited for more of your content and I'm excited to see where you go next because you always seem to be like the early mover of everything. So it's pretty cool to see. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it.